Hello, hello. Welcome back to School. It's been a few weeks off, almost a month actually, but happy to be back with you. I'm your host, Mr. T. And this post. Hope everyone had an excellent Thanksgiving, giving thanks to the great country you live in. Uh, just Thanksgiving the beautiful time you got family, faith, friends, football, food. I mean, feast week, this year especially with the World Cup and, and the Phil Knight tournaments going on, really nothing else better than that. Uh, unlike last year, we won't try to avoid like like we watched, we won't try to pretend we didn't watch the Ohio State Michigan game. Uh, that was ugly. Uh, just a tough loss, man. I mean, you know, I think everybody thought it'd be a lot closer if, if either way. Um, you know, the revenge factor usually plays into Ohio State's hands, but the rivalry was really turned. Our Michigan's just a physical team, dominated that game. Ohio State, too many mistakes, mental mistakes, undisciplined, and you know, it, it was it was embarrassing. I thought they were done. I think they deserved to make it, but. You know, it really is hard to make a justification for Bama over Ohio State. And with USC losing, Ohio State got their chance. They got Georgia on New Year's Eve. No plans now for me. Excited about that, which I had plans anyway with my boy to watch the semifinals. So now we're going to watch it, Ohio State, which will be good. Uh, But, you know, they got a chance. I will say this. Georgia's a great team. By far the best. Michigan is great, too. But Georgia's been the best by far. And obviously defending national champs. So it's going to be a tough matchup for Ohio State. But let me just say this. No one thought Ohio State would beat Bama eight years ago either with a third-string quarterback, and they really dominated that game. And now Bama, that, that Bama team was probably better than that Georgia team. I think the Ohio State team was better too, but the weapons Ohio State has are tough. So we'll just see. That's why they play the game, and hopefully TCU will win either way. But I think at this point, the bottom line is we got to stop Michigan at all costs. So go go Horn Frogs, go Bucks, and if Georgia wins, certainly go Dogs. Miss Post, how are you, though? Uh, doing pretty well. How's your how's the, how's been the time off for you? Uh, it's been good. Goes by pretty quick, but you know we got another break coming up here soon, so I feel like I can make it to that. You know. Hey Amen. It's a great time of year. Very busy. Very busy. Basketball season in full swing. Mister T's freshman three and zero, three and zero. Got a great team. Uh, you know we got a couple guys that easily could play JV, so I'm very fortunate to have them on down with me. But it's got to keep playing hard. You know, a lot of guys nowadays they get very entitled and. You know, it's it's sad, but basically playing hard is a skill now. So with Coach Thomas, you know, I don't really praise them for that, but I just try to encourage them and push them, and I'm not going to let let them slack off. So, you know, I, I told him today, I was like, I'm pretty old school, and you might not like that, but you only got three months of it. You'll be all right. But I'm not going to I'm not going to coddle you. I'm not going to allow you to just skate by. You're going to work, and you know that's that's all I can force myself to make you do. So, uh, at the very least, anyway, we got a good team though. Big game tomorrow night. Then arrival next week, uh, as of this recording, eight days from now. So that all comes down to that game. That's the most important game of the year by far. So we'll see how it goes. Ooh, it's quicker than I thought it was going to be. Always got a countdown, baby. Yep. Uh, NFL news, uh, Dallas smoked Minnesota. I did pick that game correctly. Not not too surprised they won. Very surprised at the result, 40-3, to absolute beatdown. Um, but a great game. Dallas then did one, then did win on Thanksgiving, which was great. Of course, after I picked the Bucks to get to the Super Bowl two, three weeks ago, they lost to the Browns. The Browns without Deshaun Watson in his last game of, of his suspension. So that was kind of sad. Uh, Bucks great come from behind win last night though. That was awesome. Down sixteen three. Tom Brady, the best of the best, best of all time, led him back two touchdown drives to win. Saints lost that game about five times over, but Brady took advantage. Can't give Brady a chance. He's going to take it and probably succeed. So Bucks are still 6-6, six and six, two huge games next. Niners, then Bengals. Uh, so I will say this. we In our midseason review, we talked about three teams that were going to bust. Cardinals, Raiders, and Bengals. So at the time of the pod, Raiders were 2-7. and seven. They have won three straight. 
They beat the Broncos, and they beat the Seahawks, and they beat the Chargers, and then they have the Rams this week on Thursday Night Football. So Raiders could make a little push here. Bengals 8-4. and four. We didn't expect them to be that bad. Although they missed the playoffs, they probably will not now, but you never know. And then Cardinals are 4-8. and eight. They're, they're pretty much done, so we did nail that one. But stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, and, again, Champ Week was great in football. Uh, it's just a great time of year. Holidays soon, football winding down with, with the playoff push and the college case, the bowl season and, and college football playoff and, you know, expansion the official going to 12 teams in two years as a, as a big fan of the broadcast side of sports, very curious how that schedule will look excited to see new teams in there and, 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 and a longer season, of course, it's hard coaching basketball though, man, these, all these games, Saturday games, late weeknight practices at six o'clock, it's tough, man, it's not on too many sports, it's tough, but you know, you, you make do for the love of the game. It just depends which game's on top for your love list. That's true. Well, we all know, I mean, college football dominates. Basketball is great, but, you know, you can always catch a basketball game. And, and thankfully, as a freshman coach, my season ends early February. So, you know, most of the key games down the stretch I'm able to watch. Um, but, you know, again, you got to make sacrifice. It's tough out here. It's tough out here as a fan. So not not too much politics to get into tonight. We do have the runoff tonight in Georgia. Uh, Walker's excuse me, Walker was just leading. This is as of 9.50 p.m. Eastern time. 87% in Warnock now leads by 0.6%, 18,000 votes. So we'll see if anything changes. Uh, Democrats do already control the Senate. Disappointing for Republicans, of course, we talked about that, you know, certainly underachieved, but it was always a tough map, but certainly they, you know, could have and should have done better. They did flip the House, though, so at least the spending will be limited. Uh, and a 51-49 Senate does matter. I mean, you never know down the road in elections. It's always about the long game with six-year terms. So you never know uh, what what will happen in, in terms of when when that will, uh, you know, when a, a, a key, you know, an additional seat gain this year affects them in two or four years. So we'll see. But the lead's trimmed again, 16,000 votes. So a lot, a lot more action to go. You'll probably find out well before you listen to Scoops what happens. But you know, so not hugely inconsequential, but you know, fifty-fifty. Obviously, you can't lose any de- any defections. Whereas you get we'll, we'll go with fifty-one forty-nine. So we'll see. But big news coming out of of our break here, and you know, we we we'll always have our weekly picks through the end of the season. But um, you know, politics. We're trying to take a break personally and professionally here. You know, COVID. Thankfully, the, you know, you know, LA is going to go back to masking allegedly because the hospitalizations. There's ten percent hospitalizations. Excuse me. When it gets to 10% of hospitalizations, they're going to go back to mandatory masking, um, 10% of physicians being COVID-related, excuse me. Um, so, of course, that's just a joke. I mean, you know, what are you seeing here at these schools? All the flu, RSV, COVID, all these respiratory illnesses. Why? Because kids have no immunity. Their immune system is so weak because they were masked for two-plus years. What do you expect? gee, let's mask kids and make them even softer and not used to any germs. Then when you take them off, they'll just be fine. So again, another consequence that that many people predicted would happen or at least was not being talked about when you were forced masking these kids and saying the only thing that matters is covering your face for eight hours a day and never leaving your house. Shocking that that's happening here. And he, and, and again, not that, not that they couldn't, hospitalizations couldn't surge during COVID and be overrun and be overrun now. But again, the whole point was, was to quote-unquote, slow the spread, so that didn't all happen at once. Well, when you don't build up immunity, it, it doesn't necessarily all happen at once, but, it, you know, not enough people, excuse me, not enough people 
were able to prevent the surge because they were all mass at the same time, obviously. So you're seeing that. Ms. Bose, do you have any thoughts on that, of the uh, rise in respiratory illnesses because of forced masking previously? I'm not surprised. No, not at all. I mean, I think I think it goes beyond masking in general, though, is just like a letdown of all of the other uh, I don't know, exclusions we put on things, you know, whether that's gatherings or people didn't go into stores or people didn't attend events. You have all these things that, you know, we're going back to normal life. And so, like, obviously, if we're going to lock ourselves up for two years, like, it's going to it's gonna come back and bite us, you know? So, I'm not surprised. Exactly. And again, and, and even if you would say it was worth it, which I certainly do not agree with that, I mean, if you say that, again, it, it's the fact that it couldn't even be discussed. Like, it was just, sh- shut up, Karen, just put a mask on your kids. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you question the experts? But, again, we, we talk a lot about that on this show, and, and, you, and you see it. Again, you've seen masking fail, you've seen, you know, vaccine mandates pretty much fail uh you've seen shutdowns fail I mean, pretty much all aspects of covid policy failed and what happened everybody still gets covid anyway because you can't avoid it it's it's not something you can eradicate and this has been known it's been known we t- we can talk about this for a thousand hours don't worry adam we won't but we could but again like miss post just said kids were at home weren't playing outside weren't around others obviously were masked Kids need to build up their immune system. It's important. You know, you never want to be sick, but it helps you in the long run, especially for kids when they're young, to be exposed to that. I think I say on this show, you know, we're making it so kids will be knocked out by a feather in a few years because they, they have no experience. They have no exposure to any of this stuff. Right. Well, do you, we're, we're both teachers here, so we work with kids. Do you ever notice the kids that never miss a day of school? It's, it's usually like... <laughs> The kind of like wild and crazy ones that like that's right, are kind that's of bugging right. you and you're like, why can't they just miss a day of school? Because they do stuff. They go anyway. out and they, they play with friends or they, they do activities, they do sports. And so they've built those immune systems. And it's like, it's usually the kids that are like very sweet or shy or like, you know, the kids that you're like, man, I wish they weren't absent today that are getting sick because they maybe don't go out and socialize as much. That's an excellent point. Excellent point, Miss Post. And, and yeah, it's always funny. Many reasons why those kids yeah. are always there, but you're grateful for that. Yes. Uh, but our everyone's boy, Fauci, shout out to Brian for that video, IT director Brian. But Fauci finally retired. Of course, he went out with his own victory lap, beating his chest, said, I wouldn't do anything different, I don't think. And of course, said that, it, you know, blame Trump for the anti, anti-Chinese sentiment, even though as as the great Dr. Shaw slash AG, his, his um, alias account on Twitter said, a few days ago, you know, Trump tweeted how great the Chinese were cooperating in, in June 2020 because, of course, we didn't know how little the Chinese actually shared at that time. So Fauci's contradicting himself as always. But, you know, just the arrogance of someone like that. Actually, I think it was a year ago this week we entered, we, we got on with Dr. Shaw and had a great discussion about vaccines and masks and things like that. But, you know, it, it, nothing sums up government ineptitude and bureaucracy and just pure hubris more than Anthony S. Fauci. I mean, good riddance. Enjoy your taxpayer-funded retirement. You did a terrible disservice to our nation, really during AIDS, but especially during COVID because of your hubris. Again, you can't in one breath say how you are science and then be like, oh, well, we didn't know what was happening. It was evolving. We make mistakes. We're human, which, again, is totally true. But don't don't say with, with surefire confidence what's going to happen and how you need these people to do this or else they're the ones that are hurting this. And then be like, oh, well, we just didn't know. We knew, it wasn't guaranteed it was going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. 
Similarly, don't be like, oh, I can't speak to what's happening with, with, with the economic effects, but we shouldn't think about that. We should think about this. You know, again, how, how scientific is it to act like your, your role, your expertise is the most important in, in all of society? I mean, again, good riddance, good riddance. But let's give you a little vote check here for those that might still be at home. Race tightened again, 88% in, 10,000 vote difference. Warnock's up. I don't really know. I mean, a lot of early voting in Georgia. Not sure when they start counting that. I'm sure we'll find out here soon. But, I mean, we'll kind of see how it goes again. It is nice that election season is going to be uh, going to be over here finally. You know, I mean, as much as I love politics, A, when it doesn't go your way, and B, when there's so much going on, it's nice to have a little bit of a break. So stay tuned to Scoops, though. We'll have, we'll, we'll have you covered through the Super Bowl. And they're excited about that, Miss Post. Of course. Uh, but let's talk a little about these Twitter files. Elon Musk and the great Elon Musk, the man, uh, released the internal deliberations on the on the uh, censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story. You know, I I really didn't pay too much attention at the time. I mean, back back in twenty twenty, really from summer on was 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 really COVID focused. I mean, that was when I was really trying to take on most of the Corona Bros one by one. Um, but you know, obviously, I follow the election and and the riots and things like that. But you know, it, it's just amazing. You know, that's you think about these people who say that like crazy right wingers like the guy in the shaman hat are the, are the threats to democracy. And while that is that is certainly dangerous, how can you sit there and read about the censorship and then say that that those quote unquote undesirables are the threats to democracy? You have big tech literally in cahoots with Democrats. There's emails showing that Twitter execs met with the bride, met with the FBI to discuss taking content down that the FBI wanted taken down. That's that's not only against the against the law, but that's literally that is putting your thumb on the scale of an election to to censor what the public hears. What's less democratic than that? What's less democratic than that? Putting your thumb on the scale to, so that the public cannot get the full information or information you deem um, information you deem misleading or misinformation. You ever wonder how no one, you never heard the word misinformation, disinformation before 2020? Only all of a sudden is it like every third word out of journalists and FBI agents and Democrats' mouths is, oh, classic misinformation run amok, disinformation on Twitter, election disinformation on social media. I didn't even heard the word until two years ago. But now all of a sudden it's, it's every, it's everything, everything comes back to disinformation, which basically means in Democrats' mind, information I don't like. So it's just ridiculous. Again, there was no evidence the Hunter Biden story was Russian propaganda. There was no evidence that it was hacked materials. None. But because they couldn't let Trump win again, 55 or however former security experts, quote-unquote experts, again, what would, what would we do without experts, former experts said that it's Russia propaganda. There's no way this is true. Even though the FBI at the time had the laptop and was investigating Hunter Biden, they had the laptop in their possession. All the media had to do was ask. I mean, it's just a joke. It's a joke. And then Joe Biden, of course, said it's Joe Biden called it Russian propaganda. He said he never had anything to do with his son, son's business dealings, even though we all heard the voicemail a few months ago of him calling his son saying he's in the clear about what happened from, from one, of the, one of his China dealings. I mean, it's just a joke. So again, whether you like Biden or not or Trump or not, I don't really care. You know, it's not about that. But it all goes back to this point of don't act like Democrats or everybody but Trump has this moral high ground that they do so much so differently and that there's that, that that they dignify the office. That's just a crock. Okay. Imagine if Trump's kids did what Hunter Biden did. 
do you think that Democrats would brush it off and the media would brush it off as saying Russian propaganda or no big deal? I mean, again, and Dr. Shaw and I can debate about this. He says it didn't have much of an impact. I disagree 100%. We'll never know, obviously. That's fine. But to act like suppressing information about a candidate three weeks before the election is is just water under the bridge. To me, that's just ridiculous. And again, talk about threats to democracy. There's no bigger threat to democracy than that, than our big tech overlord censoring what we can and can't see and deciding for us what is their favorite disinformation and misinformation. Any thoughts on that, Ms. Post? No, not right now, no. This ridiculous. And so anyway, Elon Musk, like, like we joked about last time, you know, Twitter... Twitter's important in its own mind, right? Like all the people that quit, they're like, oh, it's just, it's just going to be a hellhole. It's just dystopia. We, we just can't. Democracy's at stake. Democracy's at stake if we can't police misinformation. As if elections didn't run for thousands of years before Twitter and, and people didn't get what they needed thousands of years before Twitter. Specifically in, in our own country for the last 200 years, right? Like, again, but, but who in big tech or the media or the Democrat Party or any politician especially, but Democrats because they have most of the power in terms of the culture, but – excuse me. But who in those organizations, Democrat – or uh, academia, big tech, media, who doesn't think that they are more important than they actually are? Very few, right? They all have inflated inflated sense of importance and, and, and their role being like gatekeepers of society, even though the only, they're literally just mouthpieces of the Democrat Party, as Elon Musk said about the New York Times, right? Because Twitter, in their mind, if they don't have exactly what they want, protecting hate speech and misgendering and, and, and deadening, then people are unsafe and they can't live. And again, there are, there are threats on social media, and those should be taken very seriously. And anybody who is, who is threatened or intimidated should be you know, the, the, the assailant should be prosecuted and, and dealt with and things like that, of course. But speech you don't like or speech that offends you is not hate speech. And a stranger with no profile picture calling you by your quote-unquote dead name is not a threat to you, okay? Speech is not violence, period. And if you're not willing to defend, defend free speech for all, then that's authoritarian by far. And also, let's go back to this. I'm not saying anybody should be harmed. You know, of course they shouldn't. But I'll say this, in a free society, uh, the ability to speak is more important than the ability to not be harmed. And you can say, oh, you're a uh, 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 heteronormative, heterosexual white man. Of course you say that. Yeah, that is true. I mean, there's no doubt. I, I can't make myself have another perspective. I'm just saying that if you say I can't say something because somebody might get hurt by what some crazy lunatic does, that's not freedom. That's not freedom, period. So... In a society, I think, many others do as well, that the ability to speak freely trumps uh, potential ramifications of those that abuse that freedom, A, and B, run with whatever you say and do something absolutely ludicrous with it. So, and I just want to add to that, you know, slightly related in terms of the mass shootings and things, the same red flag laws that politicians beat their chest about and say we need seem to always be failing us because they don't apprehend the shooters in the first place or those actually doing harm. So what's the issue here? But again, that's a different conversation. So let's get to some picks here, Miss Post. We got week 14 in the NFL starting soon. Uh, playoff picture coming into focus. Let's start here. Browns at Bengals. Browns have won five straight, including Monday Night Football this year. They smoked them with uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Sean Watson back. 
looked rough in his first game. No touchdowns. Defense special teams scored three touchdowns for the Browns. They did beat the lowly Texans. Bengals beat the Chiefs third time this calendar. Who do you like in that one this post? Yeah, Bengals at home, they better win this. Browns still have a playoff chance, which I don't like. If they would have lost to the Bucks, they would have basically been out, but they are only 5-7. and seven. Uh, But give me the Bengals at home. Burrow is playing well. They're not going to lose to the Browns forever, so give me the Bengals at home. Because a little Jets-Bills here. Jets-Bills. Jets won the first beating in New York. This, or excuse me, New York City. This one's in Buffalo. I guess East Rutherford, sorry. This one's in Buffalo. Uh, give me the Bills at home. They get revenge. They're playing well. 9-3, and three, Bills at home. Bills at home for me as well. Bills are currently in first place in the conference because they beat the Chiefs head-to-head. So huge loss by the Chiefs and Dolphins last week really helped out the Bills. We'll see if they do something with it. Okay, Eagles at Giants. Eagles 11-1. Giants fresh off a tie with Washington. Again, let's just say ties are ridiculous. As a friend of the program, Steve, says, a tie should mean both teams lose because that's just ridiculous. But how is the NFL the most popular sport in the country at freaking ties? Anyway, I like the Eagles on the road to win. I've got the Eagles as well. Okay, here's an interesting game. Ravens at Steelers. Steelers seem to be hanging around as always. Ravens, Lamar Jackson probably out. Again, I like Lamar Jackson. Would not pay him. Loses too many games he should win. Always gets hurt. Ravens, uh, four losses in all four games. They've blown fourth quarter double-digit leads. Embarrassing. Anyway, I like the Steelers at home. No Lamar Jackson. Steelers win. Got the Ravens at this moment, but things could change. As the percentage goes down on Pickham, you might change it. I like it in this post. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Very intriguing game here. Vikings at Lions. Vikings 10-2. Barely beat the Lions back in week three, I believe, in Minnesota. They've, they're have they 9-0 in one-score games. Very rare that last. Lions 5-7, and seven, won four out of five. Who are you liking that one in this post? I've got the Vikings for that one. I want to go Lions. I do. I'm going to go Lions. I think Vikings are not that good. Lions are hot. They're well coached. The Lions are at home. Give me the Lions. I might not, might not do it and pick them, but on the podcast, I got you. Okay, let's go Bucks at Niners. Niners, Jimmy G out for the year or at least the regular season. Huge loss. Tampa Bay escaped against the Saints. They're still in first at 6-6. Six and six. <sighs> This is tough. I got to go Tampa only because Jimmy G is out. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be the guy. I always think the Bucs are going to get hot, and they don't, but I'm picking the Bucs anyway. Mm. I have the Niners right now, but I might change it. Do you have the people a definitive answer? Well, I can't let them know if, if they're following You won my last picks. year. They, they, they follow your picks for expertise. I, that's what I'm doing, and I'm making sure that they don't follow my picks because I'm trying to win. Okay, Dolphins at Chargers. This game was flexed in the Sunday Night Football. Chargers third time on the network. Uh, both teams off a loss. Chargers at the Raiders. Dolphins at the Niners. I like the Chargers at home to win. Ooh, we're going back and forth here on Dow Dolphins. You know, Dolphins are high-powered. I don't think either team is really that good. Uh, Chargers, actually, I, I did have in the playoffs. I, I thought they could bust, but I thought they'd at least make the playoffs one year before you know they fire their coach, et cetera, et cetera. But they are 6-6. Six and six. I, I think they'll win at home. I mean, neither team I'm that impressed with, as I said. But I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I can see the Dolphins winning with the offense they have. But I'll pick, I'll pick L.A. at home. All right, Pats at Cardinals. Pats lost two straight at Minnesota and versus Buffalo. Cardinals uh, lost, I believe, three straight. No, two straight. Niners and then, a, and then Chargers and a bye. Uh, Cardinals are bad at home, so I'm going Pats. 
Oh, I'm going Cardinals here. I don't know. I just feel like they always surprise me with their wins. So I'm surprising myself by picking them. All right, that's fair. A little college hoops action. IU versus Arizona. What was your pick for that one? Pats. Pats, Pats. Oh, okay. IU versus Arizona in Vegas, Saturday night, 7.30 on Fox. Uh, great game. IU, great one over UNC, who actually might not, be, might not be that good this year. But then lost at Rutgers. Six straight loss to Rutgers for IU. Bad, bad, bad. I know it's the first conference road game. It's hard to win on the road in, in college basketball. But you got to win that game. Especially because it was only the... Uh, it was only the... They already played a road game at Xavier. So, bad loss for IU. I'm going to pick Arizona to beat them in Vegas. Mm, I got IU here. Any reason why? Revenge. From when? For Rutgers? Rutgers, yeah. Let me just say this, though. College basketball is the hardest sport to win on the road in. But IU still should have won that game. Oh, I know. Let's now, let's go a little Heisman talk here. So, the finalist, Stetson Bennett from Georgia, who... I mean, he's a good quarterback, but... CJ Stroud from Ohio State, second year in a row. You got uh, Caleb Williams, USC. He was the favorite now since he, he really came on strong at the end of the year. And you got Max Duggan from TCU. You know, Stroud, I do like. I mean, he never. I never really thought he was the favorite. Maybe I should have embraced it more, but I don't think he's going to win now. Duggan, I wish, would win. It'd be nice to see someone from TCU win, but I think Caleb Williams will win. Pretty obvious. He has great stats by far. I mean, I think he has 37 touchdowns. The next guy. Or 47 total touchdowns, 37 passing, 10 rushing. Stroud has 37 passing, no rushing. So, again, ten difference of 10 there. So, you know, Williams came on really strong at the end of the year, led USC back to prominence. So, I think Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams won the Heisman on Saturday night in New York. Wow. It's still like last year we were watching that. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to the, let's go to the votes here, see what we got. 50-50 again. Uh, Walker's back ahead by 1,900 votes. Wow, this is amazing. Uh, 1,593,861 to 1,591,939. 50.0 to 50.0 exactly. Again, 1,900 vote difference, 91% in. Let's wait here for the seven-second update, and then we will go back and, and break it down for you here. <clears throat> Excuse me. One more one more show next week before our holiday break, and then we will uh, be back after New Year's, so we'll make our college football playoff predictions. We'll make some NFL predictions for the winter break. Again, a little politics break, so we might we might be more and more sporadic in the uh, in the winter or spring and winter as we kind of gear up towards the end of the school year. We'll hopefully bring on Steve and Tara again, and, and fourth baby Kenna, just just the cutest baby. Um, tell us some some words by then. That's right. That's right. Uh, we miss you though, Adam. Uh, can't wait to see MLK weekend. Be safe. Um, glad the engagement ring is off now since you're married, even though you picked a horrible day for it, and uh, not wearing a mask allegedly anymore. That's good. Uh, shout out to Steve, our boy. Shout out to Phil, getting married to my sister in about nine months here. But sadly, picked a fall wedding. But Phil should be saying thanks to God because they picked the Ohio State bye week. <clears throat> and this past year, they changed the schedule like in, in April or May. So the bye week got moved. But they said it was not happening for 2023. So again, Phil, really lucky. But I'm happy to stand by your side. And uh, good to see you at Thanksgiving, even though, again, Ohio State really laid an egg. Um any final thoughts on this post? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Those. We're at 27 minutes here. It's very smooth. I just want to say to, you know, Trump's running again, as we said, uh, Trump derangement syndrome is, Trump derangement syndrome is as strong as ever. And again, I'm done with Trump. I'm not voting for him for Biden, but that's not saying much. But, you know, DeSantis is the future for sure. But let me just say this. All the Democrats, this is just like the election this past year. All the Democrats that say, quote, unquote, 
threat to democracy and, and tearing apart the country. Democrats and the media want Trump to run as much as, as, as much as any Trumper in the world because he makes them richer, he, he drives ratings, and of course they, they, they think they have a better chance to win with him running, which in most cases is true, but they got burned in 2016, so we'll see. But of course, as the great Phil, Phil says, guest of the program, Phil, uh, Trump's like this boogeyman Democrats prop up when they need him, and they use to rally, rally support for their, for their own anti-democratic policies. And of course, you know, and that, and again, that works for them now. It has. Trump, Trump has dropped the ball many times. When Trump either dies, which he will eventually, obviously, or, you know, sets away from public office, Democrats are going to be left with their tail between their legs because they have no plan. Their only plan exists of propping up Trump and then criticizing him as being a threat to democracy. That's it. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a long-term electoral success, just like owning the libs is not a long-term electoral success for Republicans. So we'll see. Anyway, stay maskless. It's amazing to hear the people say, oh, we got to go back to what worked before. What worked before? What was safe and effective? Mm -hmm. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Have a great weekend. Mm -hmm. Go Bucks. God's blessings to you all. Goodbye.